0: Every day we hoistle in a Pilots and Pitards
1: Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Pilots and Pitards Podcast.
1: This is Drew, I am the pragmatic Cyclops of this podcast.
0: And I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot-critic, and Kenny of the Podcast.
2: And I'm the motherfucking magical Miss Mo, master of Pilots, Nobos, and Spoilers.
0: And this is the podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts, but potentially everything ado with the
1: first episode of a filmic series. A quick disclaimer, petard is a word, it is a real word, and petards are bombs. Look it up, read your Shakespeare, learn something.
2: The Pilots and Petard podcast tackles mostly new series each Monday with the occasional throwback pilot. Follow our blog and participate in our pre-recording discussions to become petard famous. Woo! Our episodes will be broken into four parts.
1: Part one is spoiler-free. Part two is hella spoilers, otherwise known as the Mo section. Part three wanders outside the pilot to any dangling threads of interest. And part four is our fun part.
0: We have a petard first
1: this week. Ah, here
0: we go. Mo hosting petard trivia. Posters, you're going to see it. The battle we've all been yes. waiting for. Drew versus Jimbo.
2: This is my dream job. I'm obsessed with Alex Trebek and that's all I want his job.
1: Anderson Cooper is going to get Alistair Beck's job. You can go to our website and learn (laughs) more about us and our podcast.
2: And we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Honest John, for ad-free listening. So go out and thank Honest John. He's not good at mailing things, but he was kind of good at Patark trivia.
0: Honest John, we are waiting for our bling. You can send it either to myself or Drew.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, one quick fuck you. This is a fuck you to crooked media for your crooked piece of shit ads. If you would like to place an ad on our show, contact us to sponsor a show. We are available for money. Or we could slander your rival. That's an option, too. We're good
0: at that. So last announcement, if you enjoyed today's episode, you owe us for this ad-free entertainment and possibly education. Mm -hmm. So go out there, either tell someone to listen to our show, listen to more of our shows, or give us some constructive feedback. And we'll wipe the slate clean.
2: We love feedback, everyone. We won't cry. A little. Maybe a little. (laughs) All right. So join us today as we cast Judgment and determine if the dark comedy successor to Cheers, It's Always Sunny Philadelphia, will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. Uh, So guys, what's your background with Always Sunny?
1: I was a very consistent watcher um, up through season seven. Um, I was very into the show all the way through Peace Corps. And then when I came back home... I just dropped off and never got back on, so Jimbo is oh Jimbo is shaking his head disapprovingly. He is upset that season seven was my last consistent season. Some people just weren't cut out for life on the road. <laughs> Mo, how about you?:
2: I first got onto the show. I think Jimbo and Forrest got me watching it, and definitely only watched it in Peace Corps. I like you drew, I kind of just fell off. I know. And there's some episodes that Jimbo has sent to me where he's like, you've got to watch this.
0: And you did not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are killing me.
2: I know. I'm sorry. I, it is funny. I, was, I think I was so saturated by the four, those four fuck-ups in Peace Corps that I just, I don't know if I could do it.
1: It's like sense of memory. <laughs> it reminds you of a certain time in your life. And it's nostalgic, but it's just not your life right now. Or is it? Oh. Meta. Oh, <laughs> Jimbo, how about you? I
0: actually did not get Mo into this. We have a mutual Peace
1: Corps friend Dilly Dilly. Early supporter of the show.
0: Mo, Forrest, and I and Dilly Dilly were all hanging out, and I'm pretty sure Dilly Dilly gets <laughs> gets the credit for introducing us to this show because we must have watched The Nightman Cometh like three or four times over a weekend. And I was staying at Dilly Dilly's house <laughs> along with Forrest and Mo. We just binge watched Always Sunny. Like I probably watched all five or six seasons within the next few weeks after that. I was just hooked. I love the characters as you can already tell. And this is the only show that's that I consistently watch. Every single year, man, I'm I'm just waiting for always sunny. In fact I was very disappointed last year when Glenn Glenn Hawthorne Howerton. Howerton. When he did that stupid (laughs) show uh, Mr. Physics or whatever just absolutely terrible like his character only belongs in Always Sunny if you take that character and put him as a high school teacher it just gets really stupid real quick
1: it is really weird to see Mac on Lost
2: oh I know
1: but yeah when Mac was on Lost I was like Mac what are you doing?
0: He was on Lost? yeah yeah.
1: yeah. it's weird he was an other he was one of the others
0: <laughs> oh wow I did not remember that
2: he has a gun and everything <laughs> and a
0: Dharma romper Yeah, so in case you couldn't tell,
1: I love
0: Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've seen it over and over again.
1: All right, well, Jimbo, why don't you hit us with that two-sentence summary?
0: So the title says it all. The gang gets racist. But how homophobic will the gang get when their struggling bar becomes the hottest gay bar in Philly? Stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap.
2: All right, so let's move into part one, which is spoiler-free, boring. We're going to discuss some highs and lows and talk about the overall quality of this pilot. So, Drew, why don't you start us off?
1: Oh, I was going to toss it to Jimbo, but that's fine. I
2: But Jimbo's too nostalgic. He needs to, like, take a breather right now.
1: Well, that was the <laughs> thing. That's kind of one of my high points, is a strong nostalgia factor, which shouldn't be a factor in his pilot, but everyone is so young. They're so young, and they're smoking in a bar, and it's just like, <laughs> whoa, the past. So that was really fun for me. And I think my other high point was that and it could lead into a low point, Shrek Brad.
0: This is definitely a low point.
1: I feel like Charlie's kind of <laughs> the only character. That is
0: a low point. Well, okay, then you know what?
1: I'll, I'll hold off on it. But
0: So, Drew has a low point.
1: Yeah, I do have a low point. Um, All the characters are kind of the same. Um, There's very small differences amongst them. But, like, you know, I think one of the strengths that the show creates down the line is how distinctive and how, like, unique the voices of the individual characters are. And it's not present in the pilot. They're all kind of interchangeable, terrible people with small differences. But if you are a fan of the show down the line, you're kind of like, oh, wow, that guy is way more intelligent. And oh, wow, that guy is way more balanced. And, you know, it's just not there in the pilot. So I would say that the characters being somewhat indistinguishable kind of hurts it, in my opinion. What do you think about that, Mo? Uh,
2: definitely. But I don't I, I personally wouldn't say it gets better throughout the series. I think they're all pretty rotten to the core. Um, and stay consistently so but maybe they're they become more complex
0: we 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 can come back to this in detail during part two
1: mo i mean yes i mean they're all terrible characters they're which i think is very terrible. cool like i love that i love like the, that's a high point yeah like i think this is a very ambitious show which is a high point but no mo i'm saying that like amongst the actors and i think the writing gets better in terms of like the characters getting their okay. own personalities i think they're all terrible in almost the same way with very small differences <laughs> you know and so like the things that yeah. make charlie charlie become much more clear later in seasons the things that make mac mac become way clearer and then maybe dennis dennis is the most wholly written one and D's just kind of there you know she's very generic in the pilot
0: i'll give you d i think i think dennis and mac and charlie are all distinguished but but like i said we, we
1: can come back to that sure sure we can okay but that's my low point
2: okay that's fair.
1: Mo, jump in there. What do you got?
2: One of my high points, which might build off of yours, is just how really well this pilot gives you a sense of how big of scumbags these guys are and and girls. It's short, but they dive right. I mean, the title of it is called "The Gang Gets Racist," and they op- the opening scene immediately jumps into just the most uncomfortable interaction between this group of bar like slime. <laughs> with this black dude, he's like, "Uh, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? And why don't you know how to act around a black person?" <laughs> and so, um, so I think it starts off really well in just showing how like classless these these
0: people are. And it's funny. There's a reason why Mo's laughing.
2: And it's funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is a hilarious show.
2: It is funny, and it, they start you off right, really well with the laughter and the discomfort.
0: I'll just add. I think. I would say specifically Mac is a high point, and I think the plot's a high point. I mean, it's it's a silly plot. It's a bunch of terrible people, but, but the way that they – it's not just – the game doesn't just get racist. They also get very hom- homophobic, and it's kind of tastefully done as far as 2005, like, white men writing about race –
1: Yeah, I think there's a there's really great ambition in this show. Like this is their pilot, you know, like they're taking a pretty big risk, you know, like they could have been a little bit safer, you know, and they could have just been terrible people at a bar and done a couple different stories. Like, I think it's very cool that like they were like, let's write a pilot about, you know, white people having really awkward interactions and being like very subtly racist and not so subtly racist. And then let's throw a bunch of like issues about like, gay bars into it like they really went for it you know they they like shot their shot and they stick the landing you know like at the end of the day like they're the butt of the jokes you know and like the terribleness of the humor is never directed at people who getting shit on in american society like you know i like how self-centered they are they're completely oblivious to the world around them
0: <laughs> yeah and we have talked about about the Gay jokes from the mid 2000s and late 90s, especially, not hitting and not hold like hold, holding the test of time. These ones hold up.
2: I wonder too if they just like self-selected their audience with starting off that strong. Like if you can't handle this show, they just probably stopped watching it. But also, if you're watching FXX, you probably <laughs> toe the line of what's appropriate and what's not, and politically correctness and all that. They have a great platform for it.
1: That's cool. I'm good at my highs and lows. You guys. Yeah, let's move on. So let's hit some MVP action. What is the most valuable part of the uh, show? And Jimbo, why don't you go first? Because I'm going to yell at you in a sec. Go ahead.
0: The intro. I think the intro sets us off on the right foot. It lets us know exactly what world and what kind of people we're stepping into.
1: Now, by intro, do you mean the theme music or do you just mean like the first scene?
0: No, the first scene. I don't even remember the theme song. Was there even a theme song in this
1: Oh, God damn it, Jimbo. I was going to yell at you because you yell at me for picking the music and making fun of me. I have nothing more to add. Yeah, that was a great scene.
2: (laughs) What about you, Drew?
1: Mine really dovetails with Jimbo's. Um, The uncomfortable humor was fantastic. Um, I didn't necessarily laugh out loud at any point during the pilot, but everything was funny. Everything was dark. The first scene of the first show, making the joke that they did, I was like, yeah, like... (laughs) Cool, I'm down for this. It's better than I remember, because I kind of, I jumped onto this show when a much bigger star um, joins the show, like, six episodes in.
0: Danny DeVito.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, there's no spoilers in the first section, Jimbo.
0: It wasn't
2: me.
1: I know. Good job, Mo.
0: This show came out, what, 13 years ago?
1: Mo, next time you do some spoilers and shit, just bring up how old the show is.
2: (laughs) Yeah, okay, now I know how to get away with it.
0: You definitely get more of a pass when it's been 13
1: years. (laughs) but yeah it was great uncomfortable humor what did you guys think agreed
2: agreed but in the long run that discomfort that i felt became a reason why i don't think i could revisit the show because they're so uncomfortably terrible and they use that to make it their humor relies on that but it just it makes me cringe it made me cringe too much
0: you've changed mo you've changed
1: (laughs) or we live in trump's america and this shit's depressing every day
0: oh come
1: on you guys
2: you've given me a few episodes jimbo that i gotta watch and i haven't so maybe i'll try to jump in on those
1: mo what about your mvp
2: but i also really like that the pilot heavily relied on the paid audience like those extras in the background yeah the gay dudes in the bar and like their one-liners but they, it was just great everything about their contribution was great which i guess might be a more of a crab man situation but and i also am obsessed with paid audience me and my partner that's like our inside joke with any show is like paid audience, paid audience.
1: <laughs> Do people not say extras anymore?
2: We call it paid audience. It's funny to me.
1: <laughs> okay. Cool. You're gonna start something there, Mo. Politically correct, man.
2: Um and then there's another part oh I guess and also during the during the domino game. They were there's also awesome paid audience there into them. Paid extras. Whatever. Whatever you want to call them.
1: I'm with you. They did find a lot of like especially for like an indie pilot where um I read online, I hope this isn't one of your petard trivia things, but um the story has changed a little bit, but they said that the pilot cost somewhere between $250 and $800 to produce.
0: I think that's the original pilot. Wait,
2: that is in trivia. Be quiet.
1: Okay,
0: that's fine. Keep the questions. Keep keep the questions, but
1: God damn it, Jimbo knows the answer. Scuttle that question most scuttle it.
0: True. <laughs> you you gave up. You gave up on Always Sunny. Okay, season 7. Now pay the consequences, bud.
1: No one's gone Wikipedia on their phone.
2: Well, now you both are going to know the answer, so it's going to be a, just a question of who says their buzzer would sound first.
0: That's fine.
1: Mo. buzz. <laughs> Can I buzz right now? Yeah, yeah, I guess... No, because I just did. I just made that joke. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay, go ahead. Answer it. I like how Drew's already cheating.
2: What is it? What is it, Drew?
1: Uh, the answer is... um. He's reading his phone. I thought this was
2: Jimbo. Go, Jimbo. Go.
1: Yeah, Jimbo. You want to steal? Yeah, steal.
0: <laughs> yeah. The original pilot is Charlie has cancer, and FX told them not to use that one, so they did. The gang gets racist, and they come back to Charlie's got cancer, and they reshoot it.
1: No, is that the answer to your question?
2: Yeah. Fuck.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, then Jimbo starts off with a one zero. Nice. I like that, man. All right. That's fine.
2: It's it's technically Charlie gets cancer,
0: but same thing.
1: Well, this MVP has gone off the rails.
0: And we were supposed to get through part 1 quickly, and I've been mostly quiet, man. You guys are the ones drawing it out. Yeah,
1: well, Jimbo then, let's get to the moment before the moment.
0: All right, hoy students. So now, the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for for us rewatch this show. And I'll just say, "Yes, I'm always going to come back to Always Sunny." Always
1: um they're like <laughs> Two or three mega classic episodes I'm gonna throw out in the Petardar. Possibly that number will rise to six or seven. But um I might try a new episode. I might go to season eight, despite Jimbo just like shaming me. Not I guess trying to get me to watch the show that he enjoys so we can have like, you know, another level to our friendship. But um, you know, I think I might watch a new episode. Come back to it.
0: You know, just hey, just send me a text and I'll let you know which episodes, you know, to spot from.
1: I will. And I will let you know which episodes of season one of uh Married with Children to Watch.
0: Oh, two. You've watched the second episode? I watched them the night the night after we discussed it last. I forgot to bring it up, man. I'm on episode four. <laughs> and I love it, dude. The show's great. Good for you, Jimbo.
1: All right, Mo. You going to watch the show?
2: I think I will go back and watch the few that were recommended to me uh, by Jimbo. Because I'm sure they're funny. And I got time right now. They're all on Hulu, so why not?
1: All right,
0: cool. And now, hoisters, the moment we've all been waiting for. To hoist or not to hoist, that is the question. And for any new listeners, this is our judgment. Is this a good pilot? If so, it's not hoisted. Or is this a bad pilot? And it's going to be hoisted on its own petards, meaning it gets blown up. And it looks like we have a consensus here. It's a not hoist.
1: Only if only people can see our show notes, Jimbo. <laughs> not hoist.
2: Yeah, and not surprising. We're all really attached to... This and the nostalgia that it brings to our Peace Corps days. So I'm not surprised this is a...
0: Yeah, by unanimous decision, not hoist.
1: Yay! Okay, so now hoistlers, we're going to jump into part two.
0: We're going to spoil everything in this section.
1: We will spoil everything in this section, that's true. (laughs) This is filmic analysis and interpretations. So now we're going to take a look at our Crabman Award. Hey, girl. Hey, Crabman. And a Crabman is a uh character or bureaucrat or crab X who is not a series regular, is a small part of the show, but kind of gives a disproportionate amount than it takes. So a small role that really pushes the plot forward. And um where are you guys at? I, I might be crabless. I'm ready to be swayed.
0: I got one, Mo. Do you have one?
2: Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and say the Paid audience are my crab men.
0: Uh, Mo, we went over the singular...
1: Mo, I might support you because the thing that pulled me away from making this crab list is there are quite a few small, good, um, like, performances. What I would say is I want you to choose between the students at, like, the Black Student Union or the gay extras.
0: Our crab woman is Janelle. Okay, Janelle is Terrell's sister, which not that means he's related to her.
1: Thanks, Mac.
2: Right, not like Mac being like For Mac. Sister. It's his
0: biological mm-hmm. sister. And and she's the one that, that lets us know that Charlie is just as bad as every other character. Because you know what? Charlie's reasonable when, when you know when Terrell first comes in, he's like embarrassed about what Mac is doing. He gets along with black people. He you know, he's besides like having a crush on, on the waitress and he looks bad in front, front of the waitress on like an accident it could have happened to any of us
1: i don't think i would say that phrase i don't think i would repeat that phrase in casual conversation at a cafe even with my white friends that's fine but does that phrase
0: make you a terrible person to drew yes but to a, a normal person mo
1: <laughs> mm, no it makes me it makes me kind of doubt like your um your discretion
0: okay so besides him repeating someone else's words
1: being a white dude
2: So for our listeners, we're arguing about Charlie repeating the N-word in front of the waitress.
1: Yeah. Yes. After he heard a black guy say it the night before.
2: We all know you can't. That's why white people should skip the N-word in rap songs.
1: (laughs) I don't disagree with that statement.
0: I don't disagree with that statement. I think you can do whatever you want, but it's...
1: You can do whatever you want, but actions have consequences, and Charlie learned that.
0: Yes, but I would argue if a white person quotes someone else using the n-word that doesn't make them an absolutely horrible person but
1: no it just makes you like an idiot
0: but when that white person takes a black person on a date just to prove to someone that he has a crush on that he's not racist (laughs) that makes you a terrible person yeah that's fine there's gradients this is the point i was trying to bring up you know before drew jumped up on his his moral elitist pedestal
1: (laughs) yeah or or just you know reasonable um that seems reasonable not really elitist okay sure cyclops
0: anyways so janelle's a crab man because she 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 shows us that charlie is just like everyone else on the show
1: janelle was in the show a bit too much in my mind to be crab worthy
2: okay wait i got one i thought of a good one the guy at the end of the episode who slaps dennis's ass and is like how's your ass feeling this morning and then there you go
0: that's that's a pretty good one. I like Janelle better, but that's but that's but that's because
2: he was not a major role, but he changed the he sealed up the pilot really nicely because he essentially forced Dennis to side with the others about whether the bar should stay a gay bar or not.
1: I didn't think they needed to like jump back to him to throw back to that. I was like, I got the joke, you know, and then that was just really ended. I was like,
2: Oh, you mean at the end when you realized it wasn't actors.
1: I was Telling like, me. I remembered that. That was like seven minutes ago.
0: All right, Drew. You are the deciding factor.
1: Janelle was just in it a bunch, man. Uh, and it's fine. You're right. It does show that Charlie's like bad. So, I mean, maybe that's just better writing than crab mannery. Yeah. I'll go with that bro at the end. The ass slapper?
2: The big husky black guy?
1: I was like, we don't have a name for him. But, yes, he's the ass slapper. <laughs>
2: By unanimous decision, the crab man of the pilot episode of Always Sunny Philadelphia is the Ass Slapper.
0: Alright, and so now we're going to move into our literary analysis. We're going to dive into the plot and or characters in this show. And I would like to come back to one that we just started mentioning, and it's Dee is, is the mastermind in this pilot episode. She's the one that kind of really gets the ball moving as far as turning the bar away from from the gay bar. And she does it because she gets dissed by the gay guy. And also showing that she is a terrible <laughs> person as well.
1: Yeah, I like Mo's point that like this is a terrible show about terrible people. And like that does make it kind of uncomfortable, but like I like the idea of like who is the worst terrible. I am with Jimbo. D fucks everything up for the most selfish reason. Like at least I mean the other guys kinda want to seem not racist or not homophobic, which means that like they understand societally that like it's a bad thing, even if they're self-absorbed and crazy and weird. You know, at least they like have the common sense. Like D, kind of sociopathically, is that the right word? Sociopath? Sure. Yeah, sociopathically. Like, yeah, they they pretty much roofie Dennis.
2: Yeah, I like the way Mac does it too. Where he's like, I forget,
0: and the, the way he keeps, he's like, yeah. So Dennis experimented, and he just didn't like it. <laughs> he's like, why do you keep wearing it like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was that was funny but that's also where the inconsistency of the characters comes in where i'm like that it just seems like they're all smart ass terrible people throughout the thing especially the dudes but i think d's the worst
0: mac is just going along with d's plan so he he's not necessarily clever he's just like he knows that something happens and so he keeps rubbing it in because he wants the bar to not be a gay bar
2: wait what were his reasons
0: i think
1: he's homophobic
2: he was just being homophobic. Okay. He wasn't jealous because Charlie was getting all the black girls and he wasn't getting shit. <sighs> that was a different that was a different storyline. Okay.
1: But yeah, Dee Dee like just has like no motivation other than like self interest. You know? Like she doesn't even want to seem like a better person. Also, she totally like goes and kisses that gay guy. Like when she strongly suspects that he's gay.
0: No, she already knew. She kissed him just so he'd have to fess up. Oh, that's not cool, D. What the fuck? Why would she do something cool? Because <laughs> she is a sociopath. I mean, she purposely plans to have her brother get raped.
1: <laughs> yeah. Rape jokes are hard. Well, it was supposed to be fake raped. Yeah, but it wasn't.
0: <laughs> and that's, I mean, I think that's a good rape joke. Like, we like we talked about rape, rape jokes at least one time on the show. And if any like if you're if you're gonna be okay with someone getting raped, it's gonna be Dennis or Mac or Charlie or
1: or D. It's bold in the first episode. Like we don't know any of these people, except that now we're like, Okay, well, Dennis's sister. Do you think it's all like back to that dream thing? Like he didn't want to hear her dream and so she was just like, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. like fuck your life up.
0: Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> part of it, man.
1: Like, that's just, like, the smallest kindness you can give someone, because who cares about someone else's fucking dream? Like, that's a very good point. We listen to them anyway. But then he's like, sorry, D, I just don't care. Like, but he apologizes, like, he's actually sorry.
2: He's like, I literally don't give a fuck about your dream.
1: I'm warming up. This this cue for the B is going to get more interesting.
0: I think these characters are way more distinguished than Drew has given them credit for.
1: Somewhat. Charlie is very ill-defined.
0: Charlie is, and so is Mac.
1: I know, that's the point. Like, that's half the fucking cast, man. Mac is
0: distinguished from the other characters. He is.
1: He gets better distinguished.
0: Sure. I mean Max Mac's character in, and maybe we can come back to this for the dangling threads. Mac's character takes a drastic change from from the early episodes.
1: D becomes a way better defined character. I think Dennis gets slightly better defined, although he does have more Dennis moments now that we reflect on it. Charlie man, like Mm. he he, like really develops in terms of like his own not just acting yeah maybe it is his acting you know because like the writing is there it's just they don't push themselves the way they will
0: it's the first episode man these guys are young young actors yeah I know
1: that's that's what I'm calling out
0: do we have anything else to toss out there
1: um, do we want to throw is it a dangling thread do we want to throw the lens up against like another barroom thing like this is a better workplace st- comedy and a better bar comedy than your average show and I mean why you know I mean is it because they're terrible people is it because of the writing what do you guys think because this show does take like familiar tropes and archetypes and elevates it you know like this is a good show in my opinion in terms of like the longevity of it and I mean I'm wondering what you guys think the reason why like is there some secret ingredient
0: I definitely have something to say but Mo,
2: they have a really great chemistry the four of them and the same reason other shows that have generic platforms like friends or something like that which whatever I think it's just it comes down to the chemistry between the comic like the comic and the chemistry and the comic timing between all all four of them is pretty great I mean to the so so much so that Danny DeVito watched it and was like I have to like insert myself into this comic genius that's happening between the four of you guys and girls
0: they also capitalize on like that really dark twisted humor at the right time so I would say 2005, they're one of the first people to really start, start pushing the boundaries, at least, at least off the top of my head. And then the other thing that they're really doing is instead of it being like Seinfeld a show about nothing or fringe, it's a really cliche, like stupid, like, I mean, obviously there's kind of some stupid plot points throughout the show's history, but they are tackling like social issues in their, in the way that they're poking fun at it, I think is well done to the point where like you can appreciate The social critiques and also just the really dark, twisted humor and the way it all comes together and the characters do get a lot well developed. Yeah. Like the characters are developed extremely well. Like this is very much shows are based on the characters, not just like a parody of something. Yes.
1: Yeah. I think that's my thing. And like, I think later seasons, like that's what pulls the pilot down for me because like and whether that's fair or not, that's fair the the chemistry that these guys get in later seasons is phenomenal like and then oh man their their scream fights and like their intricacies and like even like the small details that like they just weave in it's like such a small cast you know and then their guest stars are like so quality and no i like what you're saying too like now i'm paying more attention to the extras they braid extras all the time paid audience <laughs>
2: paid audience <laughs>
0: And since we're, you know, since we're way, way outside the pilot, I guess, a bit, like, they do really fun parodies of other stuff. They do a Lethal Weapon episode, and maybe this is Jumping the Gun on, like, Patardar. But, I mean, they do, like, a lot of crazy things, and it's oh, just... Oh, Max and
1: Blackface for that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Um, and, like, and like the way they tackle the issues is done in a way where it kind of informs you, or at least, it may- maybe it doesn't inform you, but it makes you think about things. And and I think it's somewhat like, like, it's somewhat like South Park in that, in that instance. And we're, and we're way outside the pilot. (laughs) Let me bring it back to the pilot and then Mo can close it. So, so, uh, you know, we also see this dynamic of the characters are always trying to screw each other over. And this is a, this is a classic, you know, plot that's going to go on in most of the episodes is the characters are always teaming up on each other and using each other to their advantage. and. And that's exactly what's going on in this episode. Like, they're going behind each other's back to tr- get their agenda. And they all kind of come to the same conclusion besides Charlie gets boxed out. Mo, finish us off.
2: No, I'll save my comment for the dangling thread. It'll fit better.
1: Mo, why don't you announce the uh, the next the next segment, Mo?
2: Okay, so moving on to part three. No, oh, no,
1: no, 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 Mo. No, no. That was oh. wishful thinking, Mo.
2: I scrolled right over that. Uh, now we have to do quests for the best. <laughs> quest for the best put it anywhere guys our bullshit list that <sighs> makes no sense we don't agree with this list ourselves
0: i'm coming back to the list Mo. make your own list
1: Mo. the list is getting interesting because now we give a shit don't give up on the list but <laughs> james jimbo what's the list
0: Hoysters, we have a running list of the best and worst pilots ever each week we add whatever pilot we just reviewed to this list so right now we have our best pilot ever is the pilot for Into the Effing World, and our worst pilot ever is Buffy. And now we're going to place Always Sunny's pilot, The Gang Gets Racist, into this list. And I'm, I'm just saying, I think it should be upward. It, it needs to go upward.
1: I have warmed to this pilot over the course of our discussion, as happens on occasion. Mo is rolling her eyes. <laughs> but I have warmed to this pilot entering the top 10.
2: No. I think it's worse than Married with Children.
1: Whoa! <gasps> Ooh! Tell me more, Mo. Throw elbows.
2: I just think Married with Children is was more classically funny, and the characters were likable while still being people that you would hate in real life. And and then I think just given the the time period that Married with Children came out, they did it first.
0: I would say Married with Children definitely deserves to be way up higher. So I so I can respect Mo's comparison. But if we're looking at our list, it needs to go higher up. What do you think, Drew? W- what are you saying with Always uh, always Sunny versus My Name is Earl?
1: Well, here's the thing. Um, I will give you that the characters are more defined than I at first gave them credit for. But still, this is rough. This is a rough pilot in terms of how strong the chemistry and the characters of the show eventually become. So I will give you that Dennis and Mac are slightly better defined than I at first thought. Because I thought all four characters were slightly interchangeable. But D is not where she needs to be. And Charlie's just kind of disappointing because of all four principal actors, he is the most polished and he has the most character in the first show. And maybe it's just because of his voice, but I feel like he's kind of wasted. So I'll say this. I think that there's better character definition in some shows between Married with Children and My Name is Earl. But I think that like the humor of My Name is Earl and the character of Earl is far and away better defined and does the job of a pilot more so than It's Always Sunny. So It's Always Sunny, I will give It's Always Sunny this, it might be the most ambitious first episode of any first episode we've watched, maybe outside of One Punch Man, so I want to give it credit for that. I would push it past, in my opinion, a kind of standard issue sitcom, which is where I see Married with Children. So I would push past Married with Children, but I think... My name is Earl is an interesting uh, discussion place. So, maybe somewhere in between there.
0: All right. Well, let me throw out two questions and, may, and, and maybe you guys can just respond with one word. Mo, would you rather watch the second episode of Married with Children tomorrow or the second episode of Always Sunny? Married with Children. Okay. True. Would you rather watch the second episode of My Name is Earl tomorrow or the second episode of Always Sunny?
1: It's a good question. Can, can, okay. Can you qualify this real quick? Can you tell me what happens in those episodes?
0: No, but I mean, based off the pilots, which one would you rather watch?
1: Based off the pilot, probably my name is Earl. To be honest, I mean, it's it's funnier, it's better, and I think that Jason Lee is very charismatic.
0: I agree. Yeah, I I think Earl's very very strong. Okay, so let's so I think a fair compromise is Rick Rick and Morty. So let's let's decide if it's above or below Rick Rick and Morty.
1: That's a very interesting comparison because both are very ambitious pilots, in my opinion. They're kind of both going for it. They're kind of both rough around the edges. I think they both get a lot better. And as Mo said, you know, we talked about Rick and Morty. They both have kind of problematic fandoms in a way, you know, as in like for look from the outside looking in, this doesn't look like it would be accessible, but that's a very interesting idea. So I'm going to toss it to Mo. She makes this call.
2: Worse. I think Rick and Morty's better.
1: Mo's
0: doing this on purpose. (laughs) She wants, she wants to just destroy the list. She has an agenda. She's she's very much a D, which I think should put this above Rick and Morty.
1: <laughs> she is my vote, bro.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Always Sunny is coming in below Rick and Morty. Actually, that's going to be the new 16. Like I said, the website, go to our website.
1: The list is up to date. And it will stay there, Mo. All right. Uh, so, Hoistlers, welcome to part three. Oh, this is the part outside the pilot. But it's related to some themes of the show or the series. To the stage.
2: The Stormy Daniels dangling threads of interest.
1: By the way, today is a pretty epic day. And if you were wondering why Mario Kart was trending on Twitter, we have Stormy Daniels to thank.
0: I didn't hear about that. What happened? Storm- hey, Stormy deserves, she is the dangling thread of interest. I.
1: Do you guys really want me to tell you why? I can tell you why. Sure.
0: We. I mean, we usually do, you know, some, you know, can you keep it brief at least?
1: Sure, there's a book excerpt from Stormy Daniels' book about her brief affair with Donald Trump, and she pretty graphically described his genitalia and described um, the head of his penis as be looking like uh, Toad from Mario Kart. So, Jimbo, what's your dangling thread?
0: I have a couple to maybe toss out there, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. We have race and homophobia being the two primary themes in this in this pilot episode. And this is written by some white men created by white men and it's funny and it holds up well and it's from 2005
1: yeah this this episode kind of reminded me of like the cousin of like the Seinfeld gay episode which I was too young to get but they're like the whole thing like and there's nothing wrong with that like it kind of seemed like the recurring joke of Mac saying like those people and everyone kind of like whoa whoa whoaing him kind of made it seem like it was the sitcom's uh sibling or sequel to that episode which is a good Seinfeld episode
0: it's like t- taking it a step further And then, like, and then when he tries to, like, and and this is going back to part two, he's like, see, see, it is, you know, he, like, wants to be right so, so bad. And he's also, he's just so wrong almost the whole entire episode. (laughs) He's always, like, messing up, like, those people. He's always saying it, like, in the worst way.
2: See, you people are all related.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then when he says it correctly, it's, like, the worst one. Like, like his other ones were honest mistakes. Or, you know, at least it comes off you know, like it probably was. You know, like, the first time when Charlie's friends with all the people playing cards, and he calls them those people, I honestly think that he meant, to go back to, to part two, I honestly think he meant those people in there. Yeah, but I mean... I know, that's my point.
1: <laughs> you could still, like, you could still have awareness of, like, the history of language. Like, what people say, I mean, that's an honest mistake, but it's an honest mistake like an idiot who's, like, Somewhat systemically racist would say, which is kind of like the best.
0: Yeah, that's what makes it funny. That's not.
1: Mm, Which is like the message of Mac is like Mac is that mild kind of ignorant racist that probably doesn't overtly like hate anybody, you know, or like slash tires or like throw bottles through windows or spray paint shit, but still makes the world kind of a worse place.
0: He's going to vote against things.
1: Yes, he is. He's going to vote for certain things. And that's
0: my point. He's intentionally written that way. It's not accidental.
1: Well, I know but that's why I'm saying that like I don't think he's making that honest mistake when he says those people cuz that's part of his lexicon, that's part of his vocabulary. Like he says that at other times when we're not around and you know, again, he's not like spray painting shit on people's cars and stuff, but he's saying stuff like other white people that he wouldn't say in front of like black people for example.
0: But I mean, if we look at the intention of his phrase, he was intending those people in there and not all black people when he said that. Now whether like I think what you said is is correct, but My point was, like, his intentions.
1: I'll stand by my statement.
0: Mo's Mo's bored. Dive us into a different topic.
2: That giving this this show or this pilot credit for talking about uncomfortable things, especially topics that are uncomfortable for white people that are hypersensitive to making mistakes, or hyper ignorant and have no idea they're making mistakes. I don't know how, how to phrase this. I almost want to say, like, they're so bad that anyone can figure it out. Like, what might be wrong? Or right in situations of homophobia or racism, because they make it so obvious that it's wrong. I don't. I would hope that people watching this show that talks about all these themes wouldn't see something and be like, "Yeah, that was totally fine." That Charlie said the N word in, in a public space, and he's a dumb white guy.
0: Well, unfortunately, there there is a lot of debate about that. I think our podcast has discussed this before. White white people using the N word now.
2: I feel like it's an obvious answer.
0: You think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not an obvious answer because people use it all the time, especially young people.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, a couple of years ago on a school trip, like we had to like mess with some kids' phones, and like this little white kid, like totally was like had this girl on his phone as like, you know, Sarah the blank. And I was like, what in the, f-? like, I didn't cuss, but I was like, what is this? And then like just confronting him, like when you call people out, when you don't normalize stuff, like people do reflect but i feel like when you're in a space where like people around you um kind of give you that acceptance and stuff and like usually it's not black people um but i guess sometimes it is like i know some white people have like a strong enough relationship with like one black person or a couple black people that they feel like they get that right or that thing and i don't know man like i've never like been a person who's been like i have this blank friend so therefore i have this privilege or i have this right It's kind of like i don't think things are universal that way
0: I was that person before. I had one of my first black friends. He he gave me the N card. And so he, <laughs> he, he granted me permission to use the N word.
1: I mean, I hope there was like some fine print on that card that was like with me, not in a public space.
2: And when you're younger, it's different. When you're younger, it's different. And you have to make those mistakes.
0: I mean, yeah, I was 18 years old and I was in the military.
2: Yeah, you make those mistakes and you learn from them.
0: I'd never been I'd never had a black friend before
2: you didn't have your first black friend until you were eighteen
0: there was There was one black girl growing up. I lived at the school that all the other schools called us goat ropers
2: goat ropers
0: goat ropers, people that rope goats and also it's a kind of a play on like fucking goats as well uh-huh. <laughs> Imagine being the only black family at that school. That's the school I went to. Uh, that probably sucked.
1: Yeah, Mo, I'll say this. I also grew up in a pretty white environment um, where, you know, there just weren't as many, like, black kids around. Besides, like, elementary school when, like, you were just around other kids and stuff and, like, you didn't consciously make friends. For me, it was probably, like, 13, 14, 15 where I was making intentional choices and, like, had a relationship with, like, a black kid at school as opposed to, like, there just, like, weren't that many black people around. Well, we were on basketball teams and shit together, but, I mean, I don't consider it a – I mean, like, is that, like, a friendship or is that a social relationship? Well, I was just going to say like that was kind of one of the things where like I think people conflate social relationships with friendships when they like want to justify their racial attitudes. And the way that I kind of think about like, you know, how adjusted are you to like being friends or being friendly or like having more than just a passing social acquaintance with a person of a different race based on like, you know, who's been to your house, you know, because like the people that you socialize with and choose to socialize with are kind of, I think, a greater indicator of like your racial attitudes than necessarily like what you share on Facebook or what you like talk about on the internet because like that's what you choose to do in your real life
0: yeah so I can take a step back and the person that gave me the N card was actually not my friend it was a social acquaintance I never hung out with that person outside of of school setting so my my first black friend would come a couple years after that
2: I guess in all this discussion of like when we first make the mistake of thinking we can say the n-word I personally never was in a space that I could call my friends that word that were, that were black or not black or whatever. Like Latinx people will say the N-word all the time too, to each other. And I was like, none of y'all are black. But but mostly for me, it was a singing rap song. I just wanted to say every all the words. Those are the only times I personally felt like I learned to having to censor myself. But I never, I never, I never got to the point of referring to a group of black people as, as that, with that term, like ever.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if I ever did that. I definitely used to say the N-word a lot, especially growing up in in high school I don't think I used it in the way that that the super racist people that like I always was kind of despised by used it but we would definitely call each other both ways like if we got mad at someone we we would use like the harsh n r like er
2: like as an insult like as a diss
0: maybe like how someone would would call someone an asshole so we so we would use like the harsh er for like calling someone an asshole but we would also use like the a for like our buddies
1: I grew up about around a bunch of like southern white people and I would hear it and I would not say anything like I didn't say like don't say that I didn't say you know like that's fucked up or anything you know people had black people jokes and I didn't speak up or say anything when I was young because I felt socially pressured I didn't like say those things or like refer to those things but I also didn't stop people and it was prevalent rich rich white people in the south too
2: but then you have these dumbass people in Philly, probably also saying that kind of shit.
1: My
0: prediction in the future: I think a lot of people are going to say it, and they're going to use it the way that people use it with the "a." And I don't, and I don't think a lot of people are going to care, to be honest with you. That's that's my that's my prediction. I ar- I already see that transition in school. I see mixed students using that word, and nobody cares. I even think a lot of like a lot of black people growing up that maybe. Don't have parents that that suffered, you know, from like harsh racism that maybe won't even teach their kids about that word. I mean, that like I'm I'm just speculating. I've I've no evidence to to believe that, but because because I see black students that have white friends and they both use the word and like the and like we kind of mentioned like the black students because that's their friend they think it's okay for that person to use it and are they going to correct someone else that's not their friend if they use it? and if they use it the so-called like proper you know proper way my prediction is in the future they're not and it's going to become kind of like a new term in 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 the dictionary for like dude or bro
1: i definitely think there won't be a status quo you know i mean i think there's going to be a swing
2: you think i don't think that it'll ever be normalized i think that there's too much resistance and too much uh power behind the word for it to ever just for the history behind it to ever just be forgotten and swept under the rug Especially in this country, driven. There's a whole insidious drive of the use of that word in media and in music. I, that's. I think that's normalized because I mean Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer, and his album is full of that word.
0: Yes, and and that's my point. I think I think as hip hop becomes more and more just pop culture, kind of makes the word a little more acceptable.
1: You know, like I'm kind of in a more of a metro area, and like some of these kids are like really cognizant and conscious of like their word choice and like they're very LGBTQ plus um conscious of like people's pronouns and things like that. And so I really do see them being conscious of word choice in terms of race too. You know, saying things like Latinx. I don't know. I mean that's just my you're kind of basing it on your personal experience. I'm basing it on mine in schools. So we'll see. I'm not saying everyone's gonna use it.
2: I think there's gonna be more normalization of the homophobia that we also mentioned I think that's going to be way more normalized Hom- oh, homophobic slurs
0: normalized
2: I think so you think that would be less likely to be normalized I guess both
0: I think that's going down okay
2: because the historical context is not there for the the slurs for for LGBT communities the the history isn't as shocking and deeply rooted but I don't I'm kind of just point making that to argue to be honest
0: I think rap songs are probably using gay as like a as like a slur less than than they were. I don't see, and I don't listen to enough hip-hop, so maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see them like
1: using the N-word less.
2: No, you're right. I think neither will be normalized.
1: That was a dangly thread. Dangled. On that note, Hoistlers, uh, this is our petardar. Um, we're going to make some recommendations for listeners based on um, pilot viewing experience. And... There's a very specific episode of What's Always Sunny. My vocal cords um, are, you know, they're nicely tuned. You know, I had a little musical interlude earlier. So if you guys, do you guys want to harmonize real quick? Dayman. ah, Jimbo, I am highly recommending Dayman the musical, a.k.a. The Nightman Cometh. Okay, that is like the pinnacle, in my opinion, of like, It's Always Sunny gets into such cool musical stuff. And I love how, like, talented, you can kind of tell everyone is behind the scenes. And so um, that's a really great episode, really great songs. That is my first recommendation. Uh, are other people going to throw out some other It's Always Sunny episodes? Because I can be patient.
0: I have one that Mo must listen to. Sorry to, to cut you guys off. The Gang Turns Black. That is a great one. Okay, e- uh, Episode 1, Season 12. It's a parody. It's a mix between Quantum Leap and a musical. And they wake up as black people. And they're like, what are the rules? What are the rules? When you wake up black and you can't turn back. <laughs> you got it. Mo, watch it tonight, man.
1: I'm going to throw out there, the gang goes to the Jersey shore because there's rum ham and there's magic underneath the pier. And we watched that episode four to five times at Reconnect in Maputo. I
2: remember I was napping. I like, fell asleep during a a bender and then Forrest just like shakes me waking like you gotta see this part and then I wake up to whatever's happening underneath the boardwalk <laughs> She's like, Oh my god, I was peacefully sleeping and I just woke up to that. <laughs> yeah, it was
0: real great. It's a great episode. I'm gonna throw out one more. This is a this is a combo episode, okay? There's they they uh come back to it. There's there's this game that the gang invents.
1: Charlie McDennis. <laughs>
0: Char D. McDennis. There's a one and two. So the first one, I think, is in season six or seven. Um, um, I'll put the exact episode in there. They come back to it in season 11, episode one. And it's just a nice combo. I would watch both of those in a row. And that's a great just 40 minutes. So hilarious.
2: I think I did remember watching those. So I must have gotten deep. Like, how many did we have on the hard drive?
0: <laughs> we probably had five on the hard drive. And then you have to... But luckily, Forrest was like, you know, Maputo download king so he 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 would always bring back the freshness
1: Yep, our friend dilly dilly was also the porn king he he brought a different sort of freshness
0: yeah it's probably a good thing that that uh we go by dilly dilly for him then
2: <laughs> shout out to dilly dilly he got me the born this way album like the day came out in mafujo life-changing
1: impressive dilly dilly
2: <laughs> all right should we get to my my part should we get to patar trivia
1: yes let's do it Alright, part four. Yeah, part four is the fun part. Okay, if you're still with us an hour and seven minutes later. Um, this is the fun part where we are going to answer some questions and Mo apparently has a seven point mega game. It's the
2: It's actually eight points.
1: It's the it's the Mo Jimbo Drew game trivia trivias. And Jimbo has one point. He's in the lead. But Mo, you're the trivia master, so you could disallow that point if you so choose, you're in charge.
2: Drew's buzzer's gonna sound like
1: Buzz.
2: And Jimbo's buzzer is gonna sound like The Gang. Okay. What's that game they make up on the show?
1: Buzz. Charlie McDennis.
2: Oh no, that wasn't my first question, but I was just remembering. <laughs> is that what it is?
1: Give me that point. I was like, g- Oh, I had
0: point. a feeling that was weird. She didn't even Yeah, bonus point. No, that's not a point. <laughs> We just talked about it, Mo. Where but the hell have That was a been? game
2: or... I thought you said they make up a gang. I'm
0: to move my mic further away. I'm
1: already excited.
2: The name of the game was Charlie McDennis? Yes. Oh, I thought you said gang like the gang.
1: It's very vain that they named the game after themselves. I think that's part of the joke.
2: <laughs> okay. So, this is actually the first question. I apologize. What was the guy's name from D's acting class? Buzz. Drew?
1: Terrell. Yep.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's why I should have had a normal buzz.
1: That's your fault, bro. Tied up. All tied up. Anyone's game.
2: Can I Can I do a bonus question?
1: Sure. Do I get first dibs on it? Because I got that right.
2: What was his sister's name?
1: Yeah, it's Janelle. It's Janelle.
2: Oh, I thought it was Denise.
1: That's just what Jimbo wrote, and it was wrong. It is, in fact, Janelle. <laughs> when he wrote that in the show notes, I was like, that's not her name.
0: We're going to have to... Fact check Mo. I
1: did say her name properly on the show.
2: I Okay, yeah, you threw me off. I
1: wrote it down wrong, so I couldn't remember.
2: Two Jimbo has zero. He
1: has one. He got that question right at the beginning. He got that question right at the beginning.
2: That's true. That's true.
1: Playing with integrity here, Mo. I'm like Serena Williams. I don't cheat.
2: I don't cheat to win. I'd rather lose.
1: Exactly. We got. I'm the Serena Williams of Petard Trivia. Yes, we can. We can put that as like part of my title at the beginning too.
2: Question two. What is the name of the coffee shop that the waitress works at? Buzz. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: The coffee company?
2: That's not that's incorrect. I could do closest answer. Okay. Jimbo, if you want to come in with it.
1: I don't know.
0: The world?
2: Drew's closer. It's actually the Philadelphia Java Company. Woo! And I and I even made sure that it was in the pilot, like they actually showed the name of it, and they did show it a couple times.
0: Nice work, nice work.
2: Well done. So Drew has three, Jimbo. We got one. Let's let's get it going, Jimbo. I thought I thought you'd be way better at this.
0: <laughs> I mean, I got a
1: point before we even started playing. I think that shows to my.
2: That's true. You were ready. That was a good one. That was a solid point.
1: That was 71 minutes ago.
2: Oh, this one's really hard, but I like it. <laughs> I really liked this question.
0: Let's make it worth double points, man. Let's double the
1: points on this one. No, let's half the points.
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm going to make this one worth two points and then it might have to be a closest answer. Nice. One.
1: Some Jimbo Salch cannery.
2: <laughs> There's a sign up in Patty's pub that's behind the bar and it does make an appearance in the pilot. I'm going to say the first half of the phrase and I want you to complete what you think the rest of it, of it says. Okay. Wow.
0: That's a good question.
2: So this is the phrase. If you are drinking to forget, please blank.
1: Buzz. Don't forget to tip your bartender. Don't forget to tip your bartender. Don't,
2: okay. Okay. Uh, Jimbo, this is going to have to be a close answer.
0: Which means I got it wrong. Can you repeat the first part, please?
2: If you are drinking to forget, please...
0: Don't forget to pay your tab? That was my second guess.
2: So Jimbo's much closer. It was pay in advance.
0: Um, if you are drinking yes, to forget, please. Two, that was two deal. points too. She she yeah, awarded two was. points on that question. <laughs>
2: that's because yeah. that's really hard. That's a hard one.
0: That is a tough one. All tied up.
2: Coming back, Jimbo. All right. So this is question four. I have multiple choice here, but if you think you know it, buzz right in. All right. So when they're playing dominoes, one of the the girls at the at the game refers to dominoes.
1: uh, Buzz. 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 Bones. It's fucking Bones. Yeah. Give me that point. Give me that goddamn point.
2: I never heard of Domino's referred to as Bones.
1: I have. That's a southern thing.
2: Okay, so let's see. So Drew has four. Jimbo's closely following behind with three. This last one, Jimbo already got the points for, so the original unaired pilot was titled Charlie Gets Cancer. There's a bonus point here. What year did that pilot air?
1: Buzz. 2008
0: the gang Jimbo 2005
2: Jimbo gets the point it was 2004 I'm really glad I had an extra extra bonus point on this question the show was originally going to be named something else what was that name and I got this from a BuzzFeed article
1: <laughs> so it's not true I guess
2: no I think it would be fact checked
1: is this closest answer
2: I guess if you, if you, neither of you know it, yeah, I guess you can, you can do closest answer. And if you could give me details on it,
0: is this the last question?
2: Yeah, this is the, like the tiebreaker.
0: Uh, the gang.
2: Okay. Is that your guess, Jimbo?
0: Sure. That's my guess. The gang.
2: <laughs> the gang.
1: The. Okay.
2: Yep. Okay. Go ahead, Drew. Oh, is he right? No.
1: <laughs> I think I might have read it somewhere. Was it supposed to be called Patty's Pub?
2: Neither of you are right. I don't know how we're going to settle this tie, because that was my final question.
1: Who's closer?
2: I mean, it's hard. That's subjective.
1: You are the one who chooses, though. It is your opinion.
2: Oh, I I have to decide? Yes. Jimbo's answer is a little closer. I'm taking
0: it.
1: All right. I'm taking it. (laughs) Coming back from behind. Come from behind. You want to know
2: what it is? It's jerks.
1: Yeah, that is closer. Yeah, Yeah. I'll take it. I mean, that's not mega subjective. Okay. Alright, Jimbo Jimbo, so Jimbo, a, Jimbo, gets a win with some Mo Pity points with that double nice. question, which was not mega hard because neither of us got it right. You just like Jimbo use some intuition.
0: Hey. It's okay. I needed I needed extra points,
1: man. <laughs> oh Jimbo, you were so butthurt during the middle. You were like, I regret this decision. Alright.
0: <laughs> Next time I play I'll have a much easier buzz. The gang the the is a very difficult word to say.
1: Actions and consequences, Jimbo.
2: Hmm. Yeah, you played yourself.
0: Mo, we should make a Dayman live performance.
2: My favorite part of that is Dee wearing like a children's princess dress and she can't even lift her arms up at the end. Do like...
1: you have one of those?
2: I don't, but I, maybe I can find one. It's, it is Halloween time.
1: Oh, I can't believe we didn't shout out Artemis at all in this entire episode. Okay. She wasn't there.
2: Yeah, I know, oh, but is right.
1: a big part of that episode. She's a great character.
2: But she wasn't in the pilot.
1: I know, but yeah, yeah. still, we went way the
0: fuck beyond the yeah. pilot. All right, Hoysers, if you can't tell by the singing and and stuff and the plugs that we're about to announce, the show is officially over, but if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for probably very brief moments here.
1: Our intro, outro, and ad background music is mixed by Jake Drew. Follow him on social media. He's cool. We have a Twitter, an Instagram, and a Facebook group, and once again, come to the website. The website has the message boards. Let's get the message boards popping. Handmaid's tail. Good job. That's a good showing. Some good discussion there. You could have been part of it. Listeners join us in the future. We are also a featured podcast on the but why though website. Come there. Check us out. There's other cool stuff. Anything else guys? Yeah. Give us feedback. Follow
0: at Jimbo up on Twitter so we can get some higher quality guests. I need followers so people give me more tweet credit.
1: All right. And guys, I'm done. I'm sorry.
2: Don't, don't
1: worry about it. Everyday I'm Drew out. Mo, you got anything else?
2: No. Everyday I'm hoistling Mo out.
0: Everyday we're Jimbo out.